Welcome to Sit Downs by the Fireside with your host, Maxfield Hunt on KFQX. Today we learn a little more about Seattle's premier Lindy Hop extravaganza, Camp Jitterbug, happening Memorial Day weekend. It's just around the corner. Stay tuned for a conversation led by Tanya Morris and myself with the team beholding the charismatic crux of Camp Jitterbug. Javon Miller and Andrea Gordon. We invite you to come listen for the tap and stay for the tapestry of jitterbug culture. Establish a little bit about who you are and where you're from, how you came to be, and so involved in this this culture, this heritage of, of the arts, and, and, and specifically dance and jazz. And so perhaps, Javon, you could start off and saying, who the heck are you? You want to go for it? Wow, that's a lie. Okay, uh, so my name is Jovan Miller. Um, I'm a professional dance educator, a professional performing artist, and um, a professional I'm going to be happy regardless of type of person. And sometimes it doesn't seem like that to people because I seem a little hardcore because I am. Um, that's why I'm happy because I like to keep pushing. That's why I like dance. That's why I like teaching dance. That's why I like teaching the history of dance because we forget things. And then that stuff doesn't get taught and then we formulate into new problems. Um, it's, it's, you know, I got into dance um, doing Lindy Hop, actually. Um, I was a high school mascot, and the Cougar went to Balfour High School, did a did stuff with the cheerleaders. I, I was in the band. I'm actually a professional jazz musician, well, former professional jazz musician as well. Uh, played saxophone, flute, clarinet. Uh, a lot of it was uh, self-taught. A lot of the stuff that's in my life is self-taught. Growing up, I didn't feel like, you know, I had a lot of help. I had people, like, point me to things, but that was, and sometimes, um... And sometimes they point me to things that weren't necessarily good. And so I kind of developed this mentality over time without really understanding it until, I mean, really in the last couple of years that I got to do stuff on my own. And nobody's going to help me do it. If I don't push myself, then nobody's going to do it. And I need to teach that to other people. I went to college and was doing a double major. And then uh, the music thing didn't pan out. Didn't didn't go too hot with, uh, with a director, but... Uh, ended really well because I ended up getting my dance degree and I started uh, deciding that I wanted to teach the things that I wasn't taught but do it through dance because so many people love it because through my entire life there was some either I was playing music and watching people dancing or I try to do it and they're like you know it's you know the music we listen to is jazz music the music you play that people dance and I'm like me like in swing kids <laughs> and they're like yes and I'm like yes let's do that Chris Chapman was teaching. Just like, anybody wants to learn, man, come up, just come do what you want to do. And, you know, I think at that particular time, there's a lot of people that were young, including myself a couple times, that we might have been immature, and he's just like, guys, you're idiots, but you'll figure it out. And that's why I like him. Because he, he didn't say that, but that was the feeling. And I've always appreciated him because of, because of that reason. So I started dancing partially because of his openness. I started getting really interested in it went away to college in the South for a minute to Grambling State University and learned how to dance and play music at the same time. And uh, the greatest marching band of all time and then came back and then learned how to play jazz with Hal Sherman and uh, BCC at the time, Bellevue Community College. At the, uh, uh, um, and, um, and also went to Shoreline Community College um, and had some great teachers and then started doing Lindy again and mixing the jazz and going back and forth because this has always been something that made me happy. I had to make a choice between tapping and playing music because uh, I, I got the opportunity to perform at the Masters of Lindy and Tap and um, 
the masters got to watch me do both and I was I'm gonna say blessed because it did come out ex the way it was presented is the way that I'm used to getting it and I didn't expect it from them it can't listen Skip was the I think it was Skip the first one he, and, they're, and they're telling me Jack of all trades are master of none they're like you need to pick one and I that was the way they came at me not no conversation nothing no context you need to pick one I'm sorry. Again, repeat it by another person. Don't remember whom because it was a cloudy moment at that particular time because I've, I've never absorbed that amount of, of, of power and energy from great people like that coming at me. And I'm like, what? And they're like, you could be really amazing at one. Pick one, master that, and then you can go after the other one. But like, if you're splitting it up like this, you're just going to be okay at one of them. I sat down for a week after that conversation, literally, Cried about it, thought about it, and then I post it, and it's somewhere on Facebook. Put my horn down. Man, people were pissed. They were like, Why you put your horn down? Blah, 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 blah. Because I made a choice. And that choice, honestly, to this day, is still the right one for me. After doing research and, and thinking more, I was feeling more valid, and then um, I decided to, you know, I'm just gonna work on tap. I don't sleep, I have insomnia. So I practiced in the middle of the night for three hours, 12 o'clock, 3 o'clock in the morning. Studio owner gave me the key to the studio. I'm like, you know I'm going to be here in the middle of the night. Mm -hmm. After a year and a half of tap dancing, um, uh, I, was in, uh, I was at Western Washington University and, uh, and an instructor offered, presented a scholarship to me, the Congressional Black Caucus Performing Arts Award, and uh, said, you should apply for this. And she's like, you got three days or something, some short like that to do it. So I had to compile a video of me dancing all the works that I did in, in this huge packet and get all these notes and send it off like next day airmail and I'm like I forgot about it and then I get this email and it says that I won a scholarship I forget about it it's literally like six months later and I'm like oh this is a scam okay cool let me just go through the scam and, and, and not actually click on anything but just see if any errors are in there are no errors there's a real phone number here call the phone number. there's a real person here go back to look up the scholarship that's the one I applied for I just got a scholarship I was one of two I didn't understand that Whoa, okay, okay, this is a little bigger than I thought. Honestly, up and down from there. Had a great friend who kept giving me opportunities because they watched me dance and watched me excel and went, hey, you wanna just do this? And that was Camp Jitterbug. And that was the jump session show. Um, hey, you wanna do a little you know, tap dance with these people? Okay, then it became, you, want, you should do something with Chester. Oh, okay. She's throwing me the opportunities. I'm just not in my head, right? Okay. Andrea also is an incredible Indie Hopper teacher. I feel so fortunate to be able to get inspired by people like Javon and Andrea and Chester. The way that uh, I came to dance is, is a little bit different. <laughs> Javon, um, I should introduce myself. I am uh, Andrea Gordon. I live in uh, Southern California. Like I said, I was exposed to swing dancing in 1999. My sister did this dance and she loved it. So I automatically hated it because that's how siblings are. It's just kind of one of those things where it's like, okay, now that she's done with it, then I can have fun with it. Um, I was inspired not by like the Gap commercial or any of the other things that people really like to refer back to, but the US Open. So uh, this is why I love you. I was at the US Open on accident. I don't know why we were there, but there was like a lot of West Coast swing. And I was like, this is wrong. I hate everything about this. And um, I accidentally found myself in this like side room and there was these two really amazing Lindy Hop dancers in that room. And I was just like, I want to do that. 
sweating profusely, just throwing fucking down like you would not believe. I met Tanya when she did a workshop in Southern California. Um, Camp Jitterbug was my first sleepaway camp. Camp Jitterbug was the first time I left home on my own. It was the first time I got on a plane on my own. It was the first time I stayed in a hotel room with strangers. And um, the way that like these Liddy Cop camp things work, I mean, we just pile ourselves into the same bed and just sleep like gerbils and like have a good time at these camps. We meet so many interesting people this way. And um, but I just fell in love with Camp Jitterbug. I, I watched all those jam session shows with Devon on stage. Um, you know, when I was like a baby dancer or whatever, I would go to jam- Camp Jitterbug and like like literally with my like little backpack on. I'm like, oh, I'm like so excited, my shoes and like chomping up and down uh, the Seattle streets and stuff. And then someone like Tanya recognizes you and says hi. And it just makes you feel like just bubbling over, like you're important and you mean something to someone. So I came to Camp Jitterbug every single year until um, I stopped dancing for a while. But like came to Camp Jitterbug, participated in all the competitions, won nothing and still kept coming back for more. I get to do all of the things I love in this world in like a weekend. You feel comfortable in the position that you're in with me because of Tanya, correct? Yeah, absolutely. Because she's giving you these opportunities because she's open to letting you try things. And I feel the same way. And so what happens is, is you develop this community, Camp Jitterbug, which becomes a place where everybody is welcome. It doesn't matter. And this is why I love Camp Jitterbug. There's nobody stopping you from dancing the way that you want to dance. There's nobody stopping you from looking the way you want to look. There's nobody stopping you from just being who you are. And if somebody's going to complain about it, then that's not really a safe place for them to be. And they should probably figure out their life somewhere else. Because it needs to be a place where everybody gets the opportunity to grow. Because here's the thing. It's not just about dancing. It's about learning about the history. And it's about learning about what these people went through to get from point A to point B where we are now. If you want to come and learn how to do Lindy Hop and you want to listen to some amazing jazz and you want to meet some cool people from everywhere in the world, from all different ethnicities, different... If you want to learn what life is about, start there. It's a happy place. And lots of people don't get to see that type of thing, especially if you've never seen it before. A great place to start is to watch one of the uh, the segments. You know, there's, there's a track, solo track, um... That if you don't do Lindy, there's other options. I teach a tap class. You don't even need the tap shoes to learn how to tap because I already developed a method for people to learn how to tap without the tap shoes. This is the most welcoming place you could possibly come just to learn how to dance. You don't know. My right leg don't work. Your left one do. We can make that work. I can make that work. Goals having it be truly inclusive, accessible. Like we do the live stream and we make that free, you know, and, uh, and I think it's really important to everyone want to feel welcome and safe when they come into our doors and um and also to celebrate and honor the history of the dance it's so powerful and, and like what Javon mentioned how that one elder having people like Chester and some of these other people that have a lot of wisdom and, and history and understand the history there change what inspires them and changes their direction so I, I think it's a big deal for people who are passionate about vintage music vintage dance um, the, the, uh, the history, vernacular jazz history. I think, I think that's, I, I really am trying to make it a platform. Yeah. People come here, they can have fun and just social dance and meet people. And that's, that's a huge part of it too. But that underlying root of it being a respect for this jazz history, the jazz, jazz dance, the musicians and the dancers are really one in the same because they, they really play off of each other. We can't do it without these musicians and vice versa. Camp Jitterbug is, is a precipice for camaraderie and, uh, perhaps is there an element of playful rivalry? Perhaps is, is there often people get get up in anyone's grill on the dance floor 
uh, where, where that, that sort of gets heated? Um, I, I would say it's mostly people running from Chester. Oh, man. That, that's, I'm, listen, he, he just, listen, every time I'm on stage, he tries to sucker me. And listen, I'm not the one, you, why don't you talk to my co-host and you can ask her about some of her experiences, okay? I'm going to shut up right now. Okay, go ahead. I think it's just what happened to Javon last year, but you obviously are still have some feelings about Chester getting you and Kevin to dance when you when you do. <laughs> I think that the dance community in general has uh, quite a bit of playful rivalry. At least when it comes to, obviously, the competition. Like uh, There are dance uh, partners um, and pairings that will routinely do all of the competitions. And it's kind of, you know, everyone's interested to see who will show up on top this time. A game of one-upmanship, I think of a jam. Like, when you get onto a social dance floor and the music is so hot, and that like opening in the dance floor just shows up out of nowhere. And suddenly there's just some couple in the middle that's just like amazing and doing all of their best stuff. And they, you know, that for that phrase, like they're king of the world, you know. And um, and then they always like seed the throne to like the next couple who's, you know, daring enough to, to go to the middle of the circle. But then that couple does all they can to show off and kind of display what their particular style is. Yeah, yeah, jam circles, for those who may not be familiar with what those are, in, in the dance world, uh, if a really, if kind of a faster song comes on and the band's really going, and sometimes spontaneous, they're, they're spontaneous, you'll get a group of people, one dancer's really busting out on the on the floor towards the band, and then if someone's really busting out and the people next to them kind of start noticing, some people might stop dancing and then just start forming a tight circle, and then it kind of expands and people see the action happening and then the, the circle around these this one couple starts getting bigger and bigger because people want to see this jam circle we call it or dance circle they used to call it and so then then all of a sudden then you see the one upmanship in a very it's a positive way but you'll see the one upmanship where someone's out there busting out but then another couple said no now i want to show what i got and then they'll go out that personally the next couple will come in and then sometimes you'll get even people coming in solo and start doing a solo battle with each other um, and that's when people will sometimes throw the aerials you know like throw their partner in the air and mm-hmm. do some of the fancier stuff you wouldn't typically do on a social floor and so when this when this jam circle happens it it's what's interesting is yes it may be kind of it's less competitive but it's more just like show me what you got and this really it's my favorite moments in dancing that happens because you get this like feeling it, it's like almost butterflies in your stomach because it's so exciting and people are actually rooting the people on that are in the circle. That's not Lindy, man. That's jazz. That's jazz. Yeah. That's jazz music. That's jazz dance. That goes back to this this camaraderie, this competition thing. As a jazz musician, okay, we playing train solos back and forth. If me and you, Max, if we playing, and you would hit line, and you then we'd be playing off of each other, right? And then we'd be going back and forth. It's the same thing with dance. It's the same thing with tap. It's the same thing with anything related to jazz. And William Henry Lane was one of the, you know, pioneers of tap dance. And he went to uh, what is now Chinatown of New York. Uh, it's called Five Points at that time. He would do his juba dance which is based on slave plantation dances and things like that. And you compete against the Irish people doing their Irish step. And then you start combining what they did with what he did. And then that started formulating the beginnings of tap. Now, that was a competition. Also, before that, these dances that he started doing, we're talking about the walk around, these are plantation dances and things like that. We're talking about the actual cakewalk. These were also, in a way, competition dances. Maybe they were competition dances for the wrong reasons, but they were still 
in a way, a competition dance that somehow propelled them. We're reliving every aspect of American history when we're doing it, and we're also excelling it as long as we continue to be open-minded to understand that there are other things. How we got here, how we can use these things, and how we can progress. And I think Camp Jitterbug is a way to do that because there's always an opening. Ballet is not the foundation to all dance. It depends where you're from. And in this regard, it's a whole bunch of different stuff because it's a melting pot. And a lot of it was built out of suffrage and pain and slavery. And a lot of it was built as a result out of forcing ourselves to be happy because of it. And a lot of it was built as a result of, I want to be happy and this makes me happy. And I get to experience that last part. Every time I go to Camp Jitterbug, man, every time I see these, every time I see these cats, man, it's amazing. It's amazing. So, I mean, yeah. Thank you for saying that. Thank you guys for saying that. That 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 actually I was like, oh, now I get to teach that. Finding finding resolve in what is otherwise a contentious sort of circumstances, perhaps. Otherwise antithetical relationship between freedom and restraint. The fact that Jazz itself is, is this really free form. You can interpret it in many different ways versus the restraint for which it takes to excel at it. It's playing jazz. It's dancing jazz. It's being jazz. Find what you love, but then you also have to understand that if you're going to excel, you have to figure out what other people like too. Call and response. I mean, it, this is a circular sort of thing. That's exactly. exactly. Yeah. And how much am I actually willing to put into this? And then... Am I willing to actually do what that amount is to get to point B? And then how does that relate to what everybody else wants? So I don't change who I am or my method necessarily. Like I'm just changing little tiny things to figure out how to make it from point. And I think that that's difficult for a lot of people because you have to spend an immense amount of time working on yourself to do that. I was lucky enough to have that question come up for me twice. I, I did quit. <laughs> I did I, I did quit. Uh, I think, Javon, you're right. You have to do things that make you happy, that, that serve you and stuff. And right now, I think that the changes that the uh, Lindy Hop community, the changes we're making are, are finally serving a lot more people than it had when I quit. Serving yes. Uh, more people with disabilities, more people with uh, neurodivergence, more people um, who are part of the LGBTQ community, more people of color. Um, but these are all like things that were issues and are issues, continually issues. We have conversations about these things, um, but they they were all sort of weighing down on us in a way that you know, like the family that has a problem but never talks about it. And um, and I think that we're finally a family that talks about stuff. Um, I think that more people are finding. Uh, a joy and happiness in this community that is more than just the dance, that is part of like this fellowship that we're putting together. Like I, I go to Camp Jitterbug because I'm excited about dancing, but I gotta be honest, like I cannot wait to see Devon. I cannot wait to see Tanya again. I cannot wait. This is where I met my best friend. This is where I, I, I met Reggie there. It is a special kind of life I get to lead outside of uh, my work week and you know, I don't, I don't meet people in the grocery store. I don't meet people at the post office. Um, but when I go to um, an event like Camp Jitterbug, I already got a million things in common. When we were talking about improvisation and and that element and how jazz music, jazz dance, you yeah. know, um, has that element of spontaneity and improv. And I wonder if that, if your love for that kind of thing is what led you into doing the improv and comedy. Javon and I, I think, are like this way is that I think that I can be counted on to say awkward things. Um I think that uh, 
I, uh, we are so much the same like that. We're so much the same as a uh, neurodivergent person myself. I think that like I, people just clock things that I say that are like strange or awkward or out of place. I think that like I enjoy storytelling in some way and that turned into a little bit of stand up. But yes, there's definitely an improvisation element to comedy, which I would not say is my strong suit. I'd rather improvise on a dance floor for sure than uh, than a conversation. And this can easily become an all-consuming identity. Jazz, jazz, dance. Inched your way into explaining how, how it's impacting outside this realm of misfits. Are there benefits uh, or perhaps uh, deficits related to uh, being so consumed with with this world? I love this dance. I love this dance. I love this community. Um, Anything can become unhealthy. Listen, listen. there are, you're right. First of all, there are times where I think that if you don't put yourself in the correct position, I've been in it multiple times. Sometimes it's not healthy. Yeah, it can be be effective. Like before I quit dancing, I wanted to be the best. I wanted to win all of the things. Um, It it did become kind of all-consuming. The community is like a really, a really big family. Uh, an extremely too big family, but um, we like bigger and we don't like each other sometimes, um, but we're still going to see each other at, you know, at the next event. I'm still going to see you in Seattle. And then we're going to have like a drink together and it's going to be fine. I was, you know, dancing five, six nights a week. And uh, same thing with me. I, I like, I won the Camp Hollywood. This is a big event down in LA called Camp Hollywood. It won that contest. This is in 2001. And I remember I was so focused on competitions and doing the competition circuit. And I remember, um, oh, it was at an event called the American Lindy Hop Championship. And, and it was in New York years ago. It was in 2002. And I remember doing this routine, practicing so hard, so hard. And then we missed the very last. And after that, I said, you know what? I, I, I'm not going to do the, comp- the competing anymore. I'm like, it's just, it's not my identity. It's not what defines who I am as a dancer. And um, so I actually, that was the part that was making me unhappy. And then when I pulled from that I mean, I'm do a contest here and there for fun, but but getting really serious in that. And some people they really love it and they don't. But I, for me, I the comp the competitive feelings I didn't like that, so I pulled out. I pulled out of having that be my focus and just focused on running Camp Jerbug, social dancing, and I have competitions at Camp Jerbug, but it's really more for fun and, and the focus is just to really support people up there uh, pushing their dancing. In the end, I, and I hope that you don't take offense to this, Tanya, but in the end, no one cares for doing the Camp Jerbug competition. Like, yeah. like a it's almost like a jam in that it's like, yeah, for sure. I'm going to like, I'm going to scream. You're going to get like a little bit of a taste of that kind of energy. Huge element of, are you legitimately having fun? Yeah. Like, I feel like every time I watch that, like, and it's an audience thing too. You can tell like, if somebody's having fun, it doesn't matter what they do. If they're just the, the energy that they're giving off, oh, we messed up that move, but it was freaking awesome the way we did it. Everybody will scream because they can feel that energy. Like, you know what? You try you know what? You try. You're not going to get shot for that. I was like, <laughs> unbeknownst to most people, I have fallen on stage. I did some move and my legs slipped from under me. And so I landed, but did a ninja roll out of it because I was used to saving myself from falling. Because now here's the kicker. I have been training kids for years before that. Like they run out. I throw like benches in front of them. So they have to hop over them and stuff in between their pieces. Why are you doing? Just in case it happens in real life. And it did happen in real life. So I trained myself the same way. What happens if I fall? I don't want people to know I fell. So ninja roll out of it. Came back up. And come out of the room. I don't remember who it was. Man, that move you did when you did the sliding, you weren't over me. Oh, man, I fell. 
No, man, I straight, I straight, I'm listen, don't tell nobody. I straight, listen, I straight up fell and then did like this little thing. Like, if you watch the clip, you can tell. But at the time, nobody knows. Mom, I think you fall better than I stand. problem is that at my best no no i've just learned to gracefully touch the ground they used to have these jazz concerts down at the pier in seattle and it was on fourth of july and indigo swing was playing I mean, there was easily a thousand people in the audience and so my partner at the times this person named theo davis great dancer he and i were hired to dance in between the sets just he and i on this big stage with a thousand people so we're like well let's see okay we're just gonna keep we're just gonna go for it we're dancing, you know, the first third of the song. So there's this one. It was actually the first air step that happened in Lindy Hop by Frankie Manning, who three of us had taken classes from. He's he's no longer with us today. And he uh, he did this aerial where he has the, the follow in front of him. And then he kind of lifts with his arm and kind of she comes towards him and he redirects her and throws her over the head. It's called an overhead or Lindy throw and a helicopter has different names. We thought we were so clever. We would do three or four in a row. Our hands slipped because you're holding on to one hand. The follows right hand, the leads left hand. That's hold you in place. And so the hand slipped. And so I put my left arm down to catch my fall. So it looked like I did this little kind of half cartwheel, popped myself back up and went right into a swing out. Can almost guarantee you I cracked, broke a bone in my elbow. I'm pretty, I know I did. So I had to dance the rest of that eight minute song with a broken elbow. So Javon, I'm with you. I'm trying to hide completely mm-hmm. breaking your arm on stage. And nobody knew at the end of that, nobody knew I had hurt my arm. It's kind of funny. I used to like to get flipped by my partner. <laughs> I liked, I used to like to be the opposite one. Yeah. Because I had her flip me. I flipped, I, was like, I flipped a June chain. Yes. That's how we won that contest. So I don't, I don't, maybe it's a young, I don't know. Cause like, cause I don't, I know we used to like flipping each other all the time. I, I don't flip me. I don't taught me how to do it. He was flipping me in the air all the time, teaching me stuff. My is that this, this world takes all types. There are some of them are crazy people and some of us. Right here. We're about to have to go to work on Monday. So that is, this accepts all of us. And that's fine that your elbow doesn't turn. These parallel sort of disciplines in terms of both humor and jazz, and of course, uh, drama, the, the instrumental versus dance sort of perspective. All of it is improvisation, right? All of it, uh, it is. between jazz, between dance, between like the, the way that we are on stage. There's no script. There's no, this is what you're going to say. This is what it's improvography. That's what Gregory Hines would say. It's it, we have we have like an agenda, yeah. But uh, it's not a word for word script because you know it doesn't need to be. It's we we just all of those things have one thing in common. It's like chemistry and like enjoying uh, spending time with each other. Um, but I, I think that comes through whether we're on stage or uh, whether either of us are, are dancing or or, mm-hmm. or you're playing music is as you're creating something if you're doing what you're doing that improvisation becomes, uh, you know, art. It becomes the art you keep instead of the art that you throw away. One of us will fix it. One of us will take care of it. So the other ones don't have to worry about it. That freaked me out last year. I was freaking out. With something and I'm like, you cool. And, and that was the funny thing. Just like this, I'm like, no, you cool. Don't worry about it. So I got it. Don't know. It's cool. Just go up there and if you make a mistake, it's okay. I'll cover you. It's good. Don't worry about it. Because I wanted her to be cool. I just I'm just not my show. It's your show. And they fuck up big and they make a joke out of it. Like a Javon ninja roll fuck up. Yep, yep. And they make a joke out of it. Like, cause then they're gonna be like, oh, it's okay now because they know that they messed up and it's funny now because we can all laugh about it. Because that's what I do. That's me. I just like to make people feel awkward at some point. Having those moments where I was truly freaking out because I didn't know where someone was or what was happening next. 
and then Javon being like, oh, don't worry about it, I got you, was infuriating. Was it really? Why? Because I'm like, what do you mean it's okay? It's not okay. And then while I was freaking out, not fixing the problem, Javon had managed to fix it. And I'd be like, oh, oh okay. Like I would call, I would calm down, but I'd be like, it would be so maddening. It, it's like, it's like when someone tells you to like, oh, relax. And you're just like, I will not relax. <laughs> This duo, duo is going to certainly make Camp Jitterbug, uh, dare I say it, a real humdinger. <laughs> but uh, so thank you so much. I, I It's been an education for me as a non-dancer. I've got, clearly got a lot more learning to do. Uh, Camp Jitterbug, I, an ideal place to do so. Maybe try to capture some of the tap sounds and the various other rompous shenanigans that go down at Camp Jitterbug. And in eager anticipation of Camp Jitterbug, we encourage you to join us May 26th through 29th in 2023 to materialize your very own dance floor hijinks. Visit CampJitterbug.com. Thanks for listening to this installment of Sit Down by the Fireside on KFQX Racketeer Radio. Your pals at KFQX are are indeed looking forward to seeing you on that dance floor. Good night and good luck out there, folks.